Hello and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, and I'm delighted that you're with me on this sports podcast. We have a lot of football to talk about this week, the pro and the college game taking center stage. Got some friends to do just that. First up, Chris Miller talking NFL. We're at the quarter part of our NFL season. Four games and a lot to break down. Three NFL MVP candidates taking center stage. We talk about that. My Browns are 3-1. and one. I can't believe it. We talk about Chris's Raiders, what to expect from teams like the Chiefs, the Packers, the Seahawks, and many more. And Bill O'Brien being the first head coach fired. We dive into that and look ahead to week five in the NFL. And then Sean Sullivan, Sully, coming back on to talk some college football. Alabama looking dominant. The SEC is rising. His Tennessee Volunteers, ranked 14th, have a big game against Georgia. We break down the slate on tap, make some picks, some gambling advice, all that, and a little NHL draft talk, too. It's Sean Sullivan and Chris Miller on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, time to talk some football on the Money Mitch Effect. Checking in for the first time this year. First time in a long time joining the show. Chris Miller. Chris, thanks for joining. Uh, it's it's great to have some football. We're going to truck through this season as best we can. Uh, first things first, are you surprised that I'm coherent talking to you that the Browns are 3-1? and one? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that you're still drunk. <laughs> yeah, this is day. What are we at? Tuesday now? We're getting there. I'm almost. I'm almost back to normal. I will say this though. Let's let's temper that a little bit. I mean, they beat right, the Cowboys, who are having a down year, and they beat Cincinnati with a rookie quarterback. So let's uh, yeah. let's not get too hyped on the Browns train just yet. But they are having a good start to the season, and you know, you definitely have a reason to be happy. Well, we can we can start there. Get this out of the way. Uh, I agree with with what you said. I mean, the Cowboys win for me with the Browns. Uh, side note, first winning record they've had in six years. Haven't even been 1-0 or 2-1 since 2014. But no, that is insane. But no, uh, you know they beat the Washington football team, who aren't very good, despite their week one win over the Eagles. They beat the rookie QB-led Bengals. I wasn't expecting to beat the Cowboys, Chris, just uh, on the basis of Dallas was a team that was 1-2 and two and, and you'd think would have to play with a little more desperation. And they've got the quarterback that is miles ahead of everybody else in passing yards in Dak Prescott. What I saw was obviously a terrible Cowboys defense. We can start there. But it's yeah. so nice to have an offensive identity, regardless of who they're playing. I know Nick Chubb got hurt, and we can we can dive into that as well, but they are a power-run football team. The line led by someone you know well, uh, Bill Callahan, is an offensive line coach, is a great <laughs> job in, yep. in that role. And I mean that in, with sincerity, that the line's done well as well. And, you know, Baker is solid. He hasn't made that leap to great. Whether he does or not will be a thing, but they can rely on the running game and getting the ball to their playmakers like Odell Beckham Jr. It's nice to be out of the Freddie Kitchens realm and have an offensive identity with Stefanski. You're starting to kind of see the offense that you were expecting to see with Cleveland. You know, obviously Baker's starting to um, become comfortable within the system. Odell Beckham finally, you know, looked like Odell Beckham. I know he had like a great catch was a week one or a week two, but this was like two. the first. Yeah, this is the first. This is the first week where he he really looked like it. And I mean that touchdown run, even I mean that was <laughs> mm-hmm. that was insane. So yeah, this is a team that's firing all cylinders. It's going to be tough without Chubb, but they still have Kareem Hunt. So can you feel bad for them? No, 
Not you know, really. And uh, the other running backs that they threw in there as well, you know, ran yeah. the ball well. Uh, Hunt is obviously as good as any backup in the NFL, so they are built for it. I mean, six weeks without Chubb is going to be felt, and the schedule will pick up. I, I know the Browns' defense leaves much to be desired at times. Love Miles Garrett, love the pass rush, but the secondary yeah. is a little subpar. We know Dak puts up numbers in garbage time. That, that's what he's been doing. But we'll see, yeah. Chris, because it's the Colts who have – I mean, the Colts are we can. I mean, they might have the best defense no one's talking about in the NFL with how well they've been doing statistically. Oh, yeah. They're at the top of every category. You go Colts Steelers back to back. I mean, the schedule is going to pick up, so we will see. But you got to love what Stefanski is doing, and also the job he left Minnesota. They're not exactly you know doing well without him. Yeah, yeah. I think Minnesota is really missing Stephon Diggs a lot. <laughs> Buffalo's yeah. excited about it, but I think I think Minnesota's missing him a lot more than they may have thought they would. Yeah, I'm just happy that the Browns have actually got the foundation for something. Obviously, it's going to be a battle with that extra playoff team. I'm feeling optimistic. The Ravens mm-hmm. having thrashed the Browns week one, still the class of that division. But, you know, you have Pittsburgh yep. as well. This division is back to what it's been most of my life, most of my adult life, certainly. And that's very good, very deep. So the Browns just being in the hunt is a good thing. But for Dallas, Chris, I mean... Thank God they're in the NFC East. That's the most positive thing I can say about the That's Cowboys. That's the only thing you could be positive about them right now. Yeah, exactly. They are in probably one of the worst divisions in the league right now. Not probably. <laughs> Not probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could definitely say that. Yeah. I just yeah. I, I look at I look at this <laughs> team and I mean you have to you have to put I think I mean, I would almost say all, but most of, if not all, of the blame on the defense. They can't stop anybody. They're not playing inspired, and this is multiple weeks now where they've been let up by the Browns, the Falcons. Uh, the list goes on and on. I mean, the Seahawks have Russ. We know how good he is, and the Rams that, you know, have yeah. looked a little shaky in some weeks. But, you know, th- this is just a reoccurring theme that this defense isn't going to get it done. Even if they do win the division with a mediocre record, it's not going to contend offensively we can nitpick a little bit Dak's been great but you know they don't really they don't really pound the run game like they used to and I don't know if that's going to change as things go forward if they can maybe get more time of possession but it's clearly Dak's team and Dak's offense um I wonder I wonder what Jerry Jones thinks going forward of these contract negotiations because this guy's putting up all the numbers but they're one and three yeah yeah for sure and honestly like you know, I, I feel like this this Cowboys offensive line isn't the Cowboys offensive line that we've been used to seeing, and I think that's, you know, I think that's been a contribution to why they're not pounding the ball as much as they they would normally. But you know, I mean, look, they're they're a one and three. They're they're clearly you know the best team in a bad division. So really? I still see them. Hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously, we're going to write off the Giants and the Washington football team. You think yeah. they're clearly better than the Eagles? Clearly, I I think they're better than the Eagles. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Second word, they're better, but not. I mean, look, look well, they, they can't stop anybody. I mean, that's what this is going to come down to. So you could put anybody against the Eagles them. Eagles can't block anybody. So like, <laughs> what a game! You <laughs> know, a, it's, it's going to be like it's going to be a really bad defense against like a really bad offensive line. Would so, that be the the movable <laughs> the movable object versus the stoppable force? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's going to be one of those two teams. I would still put my money on the Cowboys. I still think they have too many weapons. They'll figure some stuff out. You know, it's hard to write off Dak and 
Cooper, CeeDee Lamb starting to look really good. You know, Ezekiel uh, is still Ezekiel. So even with a, a banged-up defense with a lot of injuries and just not playing well, I still think they're the better team in a bad division. I don't see them going very far in the playoffs, but right. I think if I had to pick a team right now in the NFC East, I would I would go with the Cowboys. But it would be like, you know, 55 60% chance and maybe you know uh a 45 to 40 percent chance of the eagles well that's going to be a race that i'm looking forward to not <laughs> watching every, every it's game it's going to be thrilling thrilling down the stretch well chris uh, as we kind of move on to some other games i just want to point out that right now there really is only three i know it's early it's a quarter of the season done there's still a lot of football left but right now there's pretty much only three mvp options at the moment uh, who do you want to talk about first? And I could fill in the blanks if we're not on the same page here, but which of the okay. MVP candidates? And I really think there's only three. Okay. Who would be so the first one to talk I, about? If I had to pick three right now, yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. um, who's playing great with a banged up receiving core, mm-hmm. uh, without, without Devontae Adams. Hard to not say Patrick Mahomes the way he's been. See, I'm going to put him. I'm not going to put him in the top three, and he's somebody that could obviously crash the party. But they're they're in that, and I and I use this phrase kind of lightly sometimes. But they're in that. You know, they know how good they are. They can yes. t- they can turn it on. He's not chasing numbers. He's chasing rings. And I yeah. don't think this is going to be the year. Also, you know, narrative drives a lot of this. So we can either have a return to glory or a first timer. So that's all true. Due respect to Mahomes. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Not on the MVP top three at the moment. Okay. Um, what about this? Uh, Josh Allen, potentially? He is on the top three. That was That's somebody that has to be mentioned. And, yeah. Uh, of course. And then I think you know the third one. Yeah. Everyone's been talking about the third one for obvious reasons. Oh, man. I'm curious who you're thinking. I'm thinking TB12. The way no, been- no. You get, I mean, not a complete. He played great, obviously. Five touchdowns, five different receivers. But it's Russ. Russell Wilson's number Oh, three. sure. Of yeah. course. My bad. So those yeah, are the three. Looking- Props there, definitely cooking. Uh, of those three, and we'll get to some others uh, in a moment, but I want to start with Rodgers on Monday night because yeah. you mentioned no Devontae Adams last couple weeks. They're already a thin receiving court team. They don't. I mean, it's obvious they don't really draft anybody at the top of the at the first round to really help Rodgers. They draft his backup quarterback. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Lazard didn't play either. He's shut down. Mm-hmm. They're throwing whoever, wherever, and Rodgers at this state in his career. Dare I say, Chris? Might be the most fun to watch for me. Now I know he's he's been you know younger, maybe more you know quick, stronger arm maybe, but him being smarter than everybody and still having most of his physical gifts and just being a master class you know expert of the game, it, it's about as fun to watch Aaron Rodgers for me because he is just a step ahead of everybody. He's doing a lot of it with his mind. And mm-hmm. last year we thought this Packers team at thirteen and three, the analytics said maybe they're a little overrated. The schedule wasn't hard. They won a lot of close games. I don't think that anymore. I think this team clearly looks like one of the, if not the best teams in the NFC after a quarter of the season. Yo, yeah, definitely. Um, I would put the Packers right now. I would say the Packers are probably, if I had to, if I had to pick, I would say probably the second best team in the league right now. I still, it's still hard to not pick the Chiefs as the mm-hmm. best team, and I put the Bills just slightly behind the Packers right now. And part of that is because of Aaron Rodgers and the way he's been playing. And because Josh Allen, while he's playing out of his mind right now, there's always that chance that, you know, cardiac Allen's going to show up. 
<laughs> but yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been great. Now, granted, they played a really banged up bad secondary last night, but yeah. he did what he had to do. And uh, yeah, he made some great plays. You know, definitely was moving around. He looked, he looked like a young Aaron Rodgers, though. He was moving, except for that one part where he, de- you know, he banged his foot and, you know, was sort of like dinged up for a minute. Other than that, I mean, he, he looked great out there. I yeah. should have started him in fantasy, and I didn't, and I'm an idiot. They so. got that. They got Aaron Jones, a stud running back who's had the most touchdowns as a running back, I think, in the last two years. Uh, and yeah. he, we're getting salty Aaron Rodgers, too. We're getting that. You know, what he said today on uh, the line that was circulating online was what he said on Pat McAfee's show where he said, you know, I've had some down years, but those down years would be a lot of QBs' career years. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's great. I, I a pissed off Aaron Rodgers is, is not what you want to face, but no, oh, I mean, yeah, this is like relax Aaron Rodgers, you know. <laughs> this is this is great. Yeah, you know, and uh I keep saying this, only one team's gonna get a bye. So whoever gets the top seeds in the conference, Chiefs mm-hmm. and Packers on the fast track, but you know, that bye is gonna be huge, especially for a veteran QB like Rodgers. Um, you know, and I do want to mention another team that you kinda left out. I would put it, those teams you mentioned as the top three or four teams in the league. The Seahawks are right there. I think everybody's yeah. looking at their defense and saying that might be what keeps them from getting mm-hmm. to top three. Jamal Adams yeah. and the injuries has hurt, have hurt them. Russell Wilson has been playing at a high level. This is probably the highest he's ever played at, Chris, but also they're, I'm just convinced it's in their DNA that they're going to play close games and they're going to win most of them. Like, they're not a team that runs up the score. Maybe they don't yeah. really know how to play conservative, and that's part of the reason. But I trust yeah. them in close games. I also don't really think they're the type of team that's going to blow a lot of teams out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, I have to say, probably has to have the strongest shoulders in the NFL because he has literally carried that Seahawks team most of his career. You know, there was there was the Legion of Boom years, but even then, Russell Wilson was a big part of the reason why they were, you know, Super Bowl contenders, playoff contenders. But since the Legion of Boom was dismantled, he has kept that team relevant. And the fact that I overlooked him is just another example of how, you know, him being in the Pacific Northwest and playing for Seattle, people forget about him. They forget about the Seahawks and they sleep on this team and every year they show up and and he's yeah he's been lights out and I, I love Russell Wilson I love watching him play he's a really fun quarterback and um, when he's doing well I think it's good for the league and it's certainly good for us as fans because it's electric yeah he's, he's he's figured out a way to to combine just elite playmaking ability and decision making I think that's a lot of times overlooked some of the greatest QBs we've ever seen were too yeah. reckless with the ball or just didn't have enough pop in their throwing arm or weren't able to make plays with their legs. He's he's putting it all together. I think it's fair, though, to have some concerns with the team, with the defense, you know, yeah. the O-line still, and also that division. I mean, it's come back to earth, but they've got some physical football games left playing some of these teams. So it's understandable. Oh, yeah. You know, you look at them and look at the Packers and think, well, what does the Packer division look like versus what the Seahawks division looks like? It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's understandable to think. Uh, but they're going to be ready come playoff time like they always are. Uh, Chris, oh, yeah. Chris Miller, Money Mitch Effect, uh, week four NFL in the books. He might not win MVP this year, Chris. You mentioned him. But Josh Allen would certainly win if they had the award for most improved player like other leagues do. Yeah. I saw a lot of development coming from different players in the league. I don't know many people that saw Josh Allen going to elite level 
passer, elite level deep passer as well. I know Diggs was a huge adjustment and has made him look very, very good. Mm-hmm. But Josh Allen's a different player. I mean, he is a he is a totally different player from what he was his first couple of years in the league. Oh yeah, part of it is just getting that you know next tier receiver in in Stephon Diggs. I think really helps. It helps that their their run game has been has been playing quite well. Devin Singletary has been having you know a very solid season. But he's just making a lot smarter play calls. You know, he's not making the young quarterback mistakes that he would have made in the past. And you you really can see how much he's matured. And uh, it sucks that, you know, he beat up on the Raiders this weekend. But he looks really good, and he's doing it on the, on the ground as well. I mean, he's got more rushing touchdowns than, you know, half the running backs in this league right now. Probably more yards, too. So... He's definitely uh, the full package threat, and um, I'm just watching a highlight here when the Raiders game. I mean, the, God, they had him by the legs, and what does he do? He just throws up a first down mm. to Stephon Diggs. I mean, he just he's he's doing a lot of like Mahomes type stuff. He's got a lot of like Lamar Jackson in him and, and the ability to scramble. Yeah, he's he's great, you know. And I think he's going to be an elite quarterback for years to come. And I think Buffalo. Especially, you know, without Tom Brady in New England now, I think Buffalo is going to be one of the top teams, if not the top team in the AFC East for a little while. Well, I agree with that. I, I do think, though, that I want to temper one one notch because there's going to be a couple. There's going to be two final tests for Josh Allen, and that goes <laughs> again going against Bill and his defense because I know that that's going to be okay. We'll see how elite you are. You really want to win this division or be an elite level player. You know, mm-hmm. he's just sitting there like, come try me. But, no, it's it's a great job by Allen, the system around him, getting digs, getting a playmaker, McDermott as the coach, but also uh, Dable calling the plays. Um, yeah. Not to bring up bad memories, but, man, I, I watched the Raiders game, most of it, because, you know, that got flexed into the late game on, on the national level. And uh, I forget the DB's name, but that DB that literally was making his debut First play oh, yeah. in the NFL, and immediately they attack him and throw a touchdown on him, like first drive of the game. Yeah, he immediately, you know, sees the looks at the quarterback and runs in <laughs> instead of stays with his with his receiver. So yeah, that was fun. Well, um, the Raiders, Chris. Let's 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 just go to them right now because sure, two and two after four games. Schedule's been yeah. pretty brutal. It will continue to be so. Obviously, this week with the Chiefs coming up, uh, some good things, some bad things. Uh, and some frustrating things. I'll start with the positive. I think the defense is starting to show, sh- starting to show strides of getting to where they need to be. Still a ways to go on the journey. And I do like the power run game with Jacobs when they're able to, to uh, enact it, so to speak. But my mm-hmm. problem with this team being they are so conservative offensively that when they fall behind by, let's say, ten points, mm-hmm. not a lot of faith in them coming back. They just don't seem like they're built for it. Whether that's a car problem or a Gruden calling plays problem. Whatever that may be, I don't find them to be uh, very reliable trying to uh, get their way back into games. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a number of things, to be honest. I mean, one, yes, I think the defense is looking better. They still have a lot of stuff to work on. Uh, clearly, they've got some, they had some injuries in the secondary, which hurt them. I think not having Richie Incognito and Trent Brown on the offensive line has definitely changed things up a little bit for them. You can see it in Josh Jacobs. Like he's he has not had the same games that he had the you know week one against Carolina. 
Um, and I think that's missing those two big parts in the offensive line has been a main reason for that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say they're too conservative. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like sometimes what it feels like to me is that they're still not making the adjustments at halftime that they need to make. And that falls on Gruden, to be honest. You know, so yeah, if you want to say Gruden play calling, sure. I mean, you could see it, you know, on display last week against New England. You know, Bill Belichick, you know, going into the half, he's just, you know, toss left, toss right. He's literally playing Madden football with them. Toss left, toss right. And gashing them. And the, the Raiders did nothing to yeah. adjust to that at the half to to help out their, their defensive ends from just getting crushed and <laughs> Belichick just kept doing it all all second half pretty much you know toss left toss right yeah over again you know because they just they weren't making the adjustments and I think that's where where they're getting killed right now but then yeah, they came back from from being behind against New Orleans so they, they definitely have that ability to to yeah. turn it on and, and not having rugs even though he's not putting up huge numbers he you can tell he's having an effect on the defense him just being there i mean he's caused so many pass interference calls you know he stretches that defense he pulls those safeties back which makes things open up for jacobs so not having him there too i think has really sort of changed this offense you know it makes it harder for them to be aggressive without that deep threat and the guy to stretch the field Sure does. Uh, I think, I mean, more along the lines of, of maybe not so much conservative, but when they're behind later in games, they don't have the type of offense designed to really go for that home run ball. And rugs being out is a big part of that for sure. Um, we'll see, man. I mean, it, it's going to get a little tougher. Uh, one thing I yeah. wanted to ask you is we did have that Monday night football, you know, impromptu double header. That first yeah. game was Chiefs and Patriots. And I just think hats off to Belichick for putting together the defensive the defensive plan he did on short notice with not being able to meet with the team and flying same day. God, if they had anybody else at quarterback, not even Cam Newton, just anybody confident outside of Hoyer, I think they could have stolen that game. It was there, uh, but taking some – dumb plays the sack before the end of the half some bad decisions I think that really did them in yeah you know going into that game I was like I got this fantasy I've got I've got Tyreek Hill I got Edward Lair. they're gonna put up 20 points each on this defense they've had no time to prep you know they're not gonna be ready they're gonna get just rolled over and that defense showed up I mean they didn't win but they definitely showed up a lot more than I think a lot of people expected. I think they certainly surprised Kansas City. Right. But again, I mean, the, the Patriots are, you know, the best coach team in the NFL. And honestly, like, yeah, Hoyer, not great. But, you know, they have to be at least pleasantly surprised with, with Steedham. Steedham, Steedham, Steedham? Steedham. You got Steedham, Steedham. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, he, he came into a tough spot and, you know, yeah. threw that bad pick. And, and it sounds like they were, you know, he's a ways away from seeing what, you know, his future outlook looks like. But it was going to be a tough decision anyway. Um, yeah. Tough call I mean, for any of these guys. Look, the, the interception was, was, you know, was a young quarterback making a young quarterback mistake. It was just a bad throw. But his touchdown pass to Nikhil Harris was great. You know, it was a great throw. He definitely has potential. You know, and he's got a great coach. So, you know, definitely a lot to be excited, I think, still in New England. But this defense is going to be, I think, what carries them this season for sure. Their defense is just playing phenomenally well. 
And you were still pretty high on Brady, huh? You think he's still got it and the Bucks are going to just move their way to the top? Because it was great, you know, and again, props to Herbert for making some good throws as well. He's Yeah. He's looked just as good as, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, who got his first win this week too. They both looked pretty strong, but uh, Brady yeah. with the five touchdowns, I mean, he, he's starting to starting to round into form. And what better way to do that than play the Bears on Thursday night? But <laughs> I think he'll be. <laughs> yeah, I think he's looking good. The Saints kind of falling back to earth have uh, opened the door a little bit, but um, no, Brady looks Brady looks tough for sure for forty three years old at least. Yeah, no, I I don't know if I would say Brady is the best quarterback in the league right now. I mean, statistically, yes, obviously he's you know the best of his era. Can't take that from him. If we're talking currently, like just this year, no. But I think he's starting to definitely get comfortable in this system, and that's a scary prospect for the rest of the league, especially the NFC South, especially with how down the NFC South is outside of New Orleans. Even New Orleans isn't fantastic. They're good, you know. Well, you're, they're really feeling Michael Thomas being out. I mean, that oh, is, they're definitely. feeling that one. Oh yeah, and I think I think things definitely change once he comes back. Obviously, Atlanta is out of it. Let's let's the, not... hey, hey, the, yeah, we don't need to talk about Atlanta. That's just a waste of oxygen. But, uh, <laughs> but no, but the Panthers. Atlanta... Yeah, so the Panthers. I know the Raiders got him week one. McCaffrey goes out. They win two games without him. I've always liked Matt Rule as a coach from Temple yeah. to Baylor and out of the NFL. Uh, and yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is looking as as good as he as good as he has. Like he's regained, you know, some, the the mobility that he had. He's he makes yeah. good decisions. He's not the best QB, but you can do a lot worse than Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, definitely. You know, and what a great story. You know, what a what a like just a good person that you want. He's like he's one of those guys you want to succeed, unless he's playing your team, of course. But you just want to root for this guy. And yeah, he's he's been playing great you know uh he's having a good year the defense mm, not so much but yeah he's 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 looked fantastic so far i mean he definitely looked really good against the raiders had a good couple of runs where he just you know stepped up in the pocket took off had a, a that really long great touchdown throw to robbie anderson yeah he's he's been doing well i don't think that they're good enough to beat new orleans per se Maybe Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay's defense is actually playing really well too. I mean, you want to talk about Indianapolis's defense, yeah, not being talked about enough. Tampa Bay's defense, I think, hasn't been talked about enough either. So it's gonna be interesting. I think I think there's definitely a good toss up between those three. I I think uh, right now, ooh boy, I'd say it's gonna come down to New Orleans or Tampa Bay, um, depending on how long you know they're without Michael Thomas, but. Once Michael Thomas comes back, I think at that point, if it's still close like it is now, I think it's New Orleans division to win. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with a lot of that. I think I think there's a lot of good players on Tampa Bay's defense at that one point that you made. And uh, Carolina is built for the long haul. They're, they're not they're not ready to contend just yet, but they're feisty and they're on the right track. Saints will be there. Bucks will be there. It's going to be a wild race to that postseason that does involve seven teams in each conference, as we mentioned. But, hey, Chris Miller, Money Mitch Effect, we'll put a bow on it with this. We've already reached the start. The season started early. Coach firing season. We got there in four weeks. Four weeks. We usually play our game where we try to figure out how many coaches are going to be fired. And this year there will be a lot. Spoiler alert. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's Bill O'Brien first, which I was a little shocked that he was number one to go. 0-4. 
for the Texans. He's fired. He had that 24 nothing lead on the Chiefs in the playoffs in the divisional round last year. Has not won yeah. a game since. The Chiefs, Chris, that was the team. That was the game that they should have they should have at least contended with instead of getting blown out. But what Houston is at right now is a pretty sad state considering they have the highest salary cap. They have the highest payroll in the league. They don't yeah. have their first-round pick. They don't have their second-round pick. And they traded away their best, maybe only consistent option, DeAndre Hopkins on that offense. Yeah, so, that, that trade alone should have gotten Bill O'Brien fired. This is why you fire him because yeah. he's also the GM. He has nobody to blame. He, he has nobody yeah. else to blame. It's not the coach exactly. saying you took away my guys. He's the guy that took away the guys. So mm-hmm. uh, the problem is Romeo Cornell is the assistant, as the interim coach, which is just hilarious on a lot of levels. But uh, I don't know where they're going to go building from here because they're not yeah. really able to build to the future you've locked up a lot of guys that still have their prime in jj watt who's looking at you know the last couple of years of his prime watson's just about to enter his prime so they're not really built to start over this is a tough situation a tough rebuild on the fly situation for whoever inherits this mess oh yeah i mean it's i don't know if i would call them a complete dumpster fire because i don't think that's the case i think they definitely have a lot of good pieces they just don't have enough to be a contender and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough to to be competitive with that much salary cap taken up, especially with two players. So they just got to hope they can draft well, to be honest. That's, that's their only chance right now. I mean, that was sort of where the Raiders were for a long time. They just had a lot of salary cap chewed up. They weren't doing much, and they just slowly had to, like, chip away at it, slowly, you know, rebuild this team. Uh, with younger players, and I mean, I think Houston, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a little while. It's tough, you know. And, uh, the what makes it hard is you have such a a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson, and now you're gonna have to watch him struggle with probably not a good offensive line around him anytime soon, and without a lot of weapons to throw to. And it's it's tough to watch a great quarterback, you know, have to struggle because the team didn't manage the team as well as they should have. Yeah, I mean, you don't really consider a lot of rebuilds. You don't see a lot of 0-4 coach firings when you have arguably a top five, you know, top seven or eight QB in the league. So I think that's kind of the jarring thing. It's like, why this guy makes plays? Why haven't they been able to, you know, do better? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Texans are in trouble, and that division is uh, starting to pick up with the Colts, you know, looking better, the Titans looking like a juggernaut too. So going to be yeah. tough for them. Um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I feel like Bill O'Brien probably should have been fired a long time ago. So the <laughs> fact that he lasted this long. How did he outlast Gates? <laughs> I don't know. So uh, that's the one that shocks me. But all right, how many more coaches, Chris, I'll ask it this way. Conservative estimate. Brian counts as one. The total for the NFL coach firings when, you know, we go into next season will be? Um, Just looking through this, I say one – Two. I think there's going to be at least four more. So I, I think we got to go with five coaching changes. I'm just looking at me. I think Atlanta, okay. Miami. Miami? I don't know about Miami. Yeah. You think they're going to fire Flores? Huh? Well, there is always a wild card every year. Maybe. We'll see. Jets for sure. Jets. Jets and Atlanta are locked. So that's two right off the bat for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Be interested to see how the Vikings finish with Zimmer. I'm just throwing that out there. A lot of expectations on that team. Yeah, Minnesota possibly. I think Detroit's definitely up there as a, as a possibility. 
Jacksonville. Jacksonville, maybe. New York, maybe. I think you got to also consider possibly Matt Nagy if this season yeah. goes south. Point is, there's options. I mean, I don't want to yeah. name every coach here, but there is a possibility. And <laughs> I, I would, think I would say I would say five is a, a definite. Like if you were doing an over under, I would say five. If we're including, if we're including yeah. nine in there, yeah, it's going to be something. I mean, I didn't think we'd be talking about it already, uh, but here we go. Coach fire no. season as well. Uh, Chris Miller, always fun talking NFL with you. Uh, what games you're looking forward to this week? Anything uh, you know? Anything stand out? We've got a lot of mismatches on paper, which doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the case. But what games you're looking at? Raiders Chiefs. Come on, <laughs> that was one of the mismatches on paper. I just <laughs> you know that's the game I always circle that and the Broncos. You know? So you're saying always. I shouldn't take the Chiefs in my survivor pool? Honestly, you should definitely take your Chiefs in survivor. I, <laughs> okay. I just said I was looking forward to it. I didn't say it was going to be a close game. Oh, well, Browns Colts. Browns Colts is actually a good one, and I'm not trying to sound biased, but we'll see what the Browns offense you know looks like this week against a really tough, stingy defense and against Old Man Rivers who's just still yeah. yelling and, you know, saying dang nabbit and things like that. So. And, dang nabbit. and then, I mean, Bill's Titans too. That's going to be. Yeah. That's another one to really too. look at. Uh, I say obviously Browns and uh, obviously the Browns game for sure against the Colts is a close one as long, along with the Bills and Titans. But you know, the mismatches are there. I would say that, uh, you know, I just, I threw out the survivor pool that I'm still luckily alive in. You know, you got the Chiefs. I've saved Chiefs and Ravens. Ravens play the Bengals. I think those are two solid options. Another yeah. solid one might be the Patriots-Broncos if Cam plays. Obviously, you need to hear that he's cleared to play Denver and their banged-up team there. Those are the three, I guess, headline picks this week if you're if you're able to pick one of those teams. Um, and if you're like me, and you can't, you know, you can't just keep fading the Jets every week. <laughs> That's again how I got to a good start. But uh, those would be the three to look at for sure. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think there's, I think there's some interesting opportunities here. We also get that Dallas Giants game that nobody wants to see. <laughs> I know that's gonna be exciting. You know, what? I mean, honestly, I think Chargers Saints Monday night's gonna be a, a more interesting game than it looks like just going off their records. Yeah, but that's Saints got two Monday night games in what in the first five weeks. Like, nice. I think this time they come away with a W, but. You know, the, it's. I still think it'll be a fun game. You know, watching the 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 young buck versus the uh, the ageless wonder. So that'll be a fun one. But yeah, I mean, Browns Colts. That can be a fun. But I think Bills Titans is the game that if I'm going to watch a game that's not the Raiders game, that would be the one I would watch. Also, Viking Seahawks. Weird stuff always happens when those two teams play. So if you're just looking, you're just true. ready for chaos, it just seems to always happen when those two teams play. Uh, do, do you think there's going to be a missed field goal that determines this game? I think we'll hear the words Blair Walsh mentioned. You know, <laughs> I think it's it's the Sunday night game. Al Michaels loves to just bring back up old memories and talk gambling, so I think he'll mention it. Uh, yeah. But not to get too far ahead of ourselves, this Thursday game is is Bucks Bears. But you know what the week after is? Mm. Chiefs Bills. Now that is something. And it's in Buffalo, and this is where, you know, we hope everyone's safe. But what would that game look like if Phil's Mafia was there and it was undefeated versus undefeated? I mean, that's that's me fun, you know. Um, There's some good ones, man, for sure. You know, you want to say that, like, going to Buffalo would be tough for, for a team, but the Chiefs are from 
Kansas City. It's cold weather going to cold weather, even mm-hmm. though it's not going to be like super freezing cold in October. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a great game. Hard to pick against the Chiefs though on that one, but yeah. Well, uh, it, it's gonna we'll be a, it's gonna be fun, Chris. I can't wait. Thanks yeah, for talking that feels football. It's been Achilles' heel. Right we're gonna now. we're gonna do this again. Uh, do you have a team, by the way? I guess it's four weeks in. Do you have a team that you're just like, no way they make the Super Bowl that we can do, or do you want to wait a little bit on that annual bet thing? Do I have a team? I mean, what that's are the not parameters? that's not what you know. That's not just a complete disaster team. I, we can we can wait on that a little, but but I think there's some solid options for you. Like, boy, they're definitely not going to make the Super Bowl. I would even. I got a. I got a prop. I'm going to throw out at you. Okay. Just because I think this might be a good one. Do something with if the Bears win the NFC North. Any Ooh. possibility they win the North? You think? Uh, I, I don't think so, and I know you no. don't think so. But you'd have to, you know, step up a little bit here because they are three and one somehow. I don't think. I don't think the Bears can are a better team than the Packers right now. No. So this could be could be worth uh could be worth uh some sort of uh well obviously this all started with dress day with the Colts, but we'll <laughs> I mean look, I have a costume. lot of friends I have a lot of friends who are Bears fans. So yeah. if they wanna make me wear something of theirs if they win the division, sure. Can you uh, dress up like a bear? I dress up like a bear. Okay, that's fine. I'll do that. Some uh, sort of bear costume for for twenty four I know we're all a lot of people are working from home now. Some sort of bear costume, and the deal would be twenty four hours, oh, or God. not twenty four hours, but you know, like a full day. Like on a work day? Uh, on a day where you have things to do. Okay. <laughs> where you're either okay. going to be on camera or making errand runs. Fair. You know. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's uh, okay. The, that's the deal. All right. I think we've walked I, into I, that. I'd be done for that. I was going to say, as far as not winning the Super Bowl, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I don't see the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, I think they're good. I think their defense is good. I think they're a solid team. I just really feel like Kansas City just mm, yeah. mentally just owns them right now. Ravens beat bad teams really well, beat bad and average teams. They just can't get over the hump with the top teams, uh, have not won a playoff game with that with that core. That's an interesting one. That's a hotter take, and uh, I'll just break the news to you now. For that one, it's you're going to be addressed as Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> So. If, if if the Ravens win the Super Bowl this year, I will dress up as Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know where I'm going to get. I don't know where I'm going to get either of these costumes. <laughs> That's that. See, those are great. Those are great fair bets. And the Ravens have to win the things, Super Bowl. But yeah, I'll help Edgar Allan Poe. Oh God, that's no. Nah. <laughs> do I have to have like the mustache and everything? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're doing it. We're doing. Okay. We're doing that, and we're going to do the makeup too for sure. <laughs> <laughs> to let everybody know it's the era. I think you can pull off the mustache naturally yeah. with enough time. And, and the hairs, you know, you can make the hair kind of work if you give it enough, you know, because you got to think, like, if you just come into the playoffs with, with it on the longer side, you got a chance to just kind of get that Edgar Allan Poe, you know, wavy hair salad thing going on. Look, if I can't go to a barber between now and <laughs> that's the other thing, it's probably going to be an easy thing to do. You know, uh, look, looking at the photos, the big thing is the uh, the scarf. You know, that's the big thing. And then honestly, now, you know, with, with uh, COVID, with everything going on, no one's going to judge you. That's right. So that, that's perfect. <laughs> but the scarf is the, is a huge part of this, too. We're really going to get into this. And we're definitely going to take a photo, too, that's going to look like it's from the 1800s. So um, <laughs> that's all I'm looking forward to for uh, the Edgar Allan Poe sweepstakes here. 
There you go. Um, I think that's the more fun bet. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Look, I like the Ravens. I like Lamar Jackson. I think they're a fun team to watch. But I just don't think that they have what it takes to get over the hump. Remains to be seen. Chris Miller, fun times chatting on the Money Mitch Effect. Uh, thanks oh, again, and we'll uh, we'll be checking in with you soon this season. Sounds great, man. Looking forward to it. Okay, huge thanks again to Chris Miller for coming on and talking some NFL football. Uh, other note uh, to point out, Dwayne Haskins actually got benched. He got demoted to third string, so uh, there's some changes in Washington. But uh, the NFL season is uh, is rapidly, rapidly going. And uh, happy to have some football in our lives and be able to talk about it. We'll see if Edgar Allan Poe as Chris Miller, or Chris Miller as Edgar Allan Poe, is a thing if the Ravens do get to and win the Super Bowl. But uh, always good to talk to Chris. Next up is Sean Sullivan talking college football. Vols in Georgia in a big one this weekend. We got Clemson, Miami. We got to break down whether or not Bama is as good as they've ever been, what to make it Clemson. We're getting ready for the Big Ten and Pac 12 to join the polls, but right now it's the SEC and it's the uh, failing Big 12 at the moment that's taking center stage along with the ACC. Here's Sean Sullivan to talk college football and some betting tips on the Money Mitch Effect. Back again on the Money Mitch Effect with real football to talk about, real college football. Sean Sullivan, Sully in the house. Sully, we're here. We're, we're not all here. Some of us are joining in a couple weeks in that time, but we got some football. Great to be chatting. Oh, it's on like Donkey Kong, though. <laughs> it's, it's on, baby. It's on. I, you I got SEC in full string. Yeah, you're fired up with the number 14 team in the country, which was quite a jump. I mean, you guys have looked good, South Carolina and Mizzou, but uh, got to love a nice little ranking surge beating the <laughs> Missouri Tigers. I think they should be a top 10 team. I don't get, like, you know, obviously I think Ohio State's a better team than Tennessee, but I don't think Ohio State should be in the rankings, so you should move them up. Yeah, but it's going to be a fun game. We don't talk about enough how there was a five-star player, offensive lineman Cade Mays, transferred not only within the conference to win the division, to Tennessee, and why, and his why dad did he transfer? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How <laughs> SEC is that? His finger was lobbed off on a recruiting visit, and they're in the middle of a lawsuit. And he he gets the green light, looks great against Mizzou last weekend, and oh man, that is a lot of beef. Uh, when they bring in, and I think Trey Smith actually said that it's it, it, sometimes it's almost too much meat. Was was his, his quote after the Mizzou game? They bring in two extra guys. In, in a jumbo package that weighs over a ton, over 1,200 pounds. Mm. So um, it's going to be fun to watch against that vaunted Georgia front seven. Anyway, yeah, we really hijacked the segment. No, 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 tell, no. You can tell how pumped up I am You're about pumped. That, that, that matchup. This is great. Woo! Vols with the longest win streak, right, in, in uh, college football in the Power Five conferences dating back to last yep, year. Yep. It's the Vols. Yep, you well, have uh, Air Force and then tied with Notre Dame yeah. um, at eight. Well, so. just to go to your first point, Notre Dame's not a power five. I understand your thought process of why certain teams like Ohio State, Penn State, um, you know, are ranked ahead of them and haven't played yet. Oregon mm-hmm. as well, right? Um, but you know, either way, this is going to happen. Where Ohio State plays their first game, if they beat up on Nebraska like they should, and then they end up just in the top five. 
from out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. weird either way. It's a weird year. We we know that, but oh, it's a weird year. It's um, a weird year regardless, it's, props, it's, it's a worthless argument. So we yeah. got so a couple things to break down for the for the overview of the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, props again to your vaults. Dear Vols for looking good. Yep. Uh, Bama scarier than ever. I think we can also just start to say. I mean, this is a pissed oh my off goodness. Nick yeah, Saban. They look great. Nick Saban after a disappointing season, probably the scariest version of Nick Saban. Yes, absolutely is. It's like Nick Saban coming after a loss, but like uh, he has to steal on it for months. Woo, man! They just they just pummeled Harbaugh, and then they're rolling right into the off season angry, and they have not stopped. Mac Jones looks incredible. Uh, I, I think a lot of us were downplaying how good he could be, and the, the, the guy, the guy's breaking records. You know, breaking long time records. Where do they at, get at these Alabama. skill guys from? I mean, it's just insane. It's every. It's like, I mean, we knew they about have, Waddle. They, they lost have, two they in the lab. first round, and and we are again not even feeling it. I mean, it's yeah, they have a lab. That's probably the most logical answer. Because you really stock the NFL first and first couple of rounds with, with offensive talent and you just throw up stupid numbers year after year, you know, like it, it's, it's disgusting what those guys are playing with just in a lot of it's been at the running back position, obviously, you know, with Henry and, and AK obviously was there for a little bit. And there's been a bunch of, bunch of running backs. I feel like half the league has a baby running back on the roster, but yeah, you're right. It's been wideouts recently. And, and you, I think Mac Jones through has thrown, touchdowns of five or six different players so far this year so it's it's incredible there's no better bet in in sports than bama in the first half which we kind of stumbled onto, and uh we're never letting go we're going down with the tight it's a trend from a couple years ago that has has come back last year not not as good uh i think we went to the well there a couple times maybe a little too much we got uh, a little we got a little little overserved a little overserved there uh, but yeah, but you know, that happens. It happens with us. Uh, it, it uh, it's back, <laughs> and I think part of the reason is, and, and just to kind of explain it in more detail, Bama's going to be favored by so many points. Like even for as good as they are, the spreads are huge in their games. What they're likely to do now is just get out to a big start, crush in the first half, and then kind of you know Saban will never say take the foot off the gas, but then he starts working in other guys, getting some reps, and maybe not going for the throat in the fourth because you're already up by a right. comfortable margin. Uh, but no, Bama looking good. Uh, I'll ask this question for you too, Sully. Is this a byproduct of maybe not having those early couple games to walk into the season? The fact that a team like Mississippi State can beat LSU one week and then lose to Arkansas the next? Or is that just the SEC in a nutshell with LSU kind of coming back to earth? I think that's yes, is, is the easiest <laughs> way to put it. And it's also Mike Leach. Mike Leach is done that throughout his career you know he, big he, wins he, big losses he swings his sword <laughs> big wins and yes very embarrassing losses and that was one um yeah and, and you got to give it up to sam Pittman too though i love that guy either just a, <laughs> a, a just a big old ball of fun it can coach offensive linemen with the best of them and it looks like he can coach uh an entire team to a nice victory and has done something that arkansas hasn't done in a really long time so that's good for those guys but yeah I think back to the original subject with LSU. Yeah, Miles Brennan's pedigree is there. I think they have a lot of weapons. They got a lot of talent, but it's just going to take time. You, you really replace more than any other team in the country. Like and too it's, deep. It's, like it's like going to take a little like bit. Almost too deep at a lot of these positions are just gone. Yep, 
<laughs> so and, and your and your and both coaching staffs basically on both sides of the ball, yeah. you know, are, mm-hmm. are gutted. So Coach O's a, a really good CEO and a really good, but he's not Nick Saban. He's he's not no. He's not scheming up everything at four in the morning and and sucking down tweaking Twinkies in the in the office at, at, when he hasn't even left. He just slept there. You know, he's not he's not Nick Saban. Yes, he, I mean I'm not saying he doesn't work hard, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's definitely more of the CEO guy, I think, and and it's it's more onus is on him now with with new staff and trying to replace. Uh, yeah, you're right, too deep at a lot of places. So it's just going to take time. I think they'll be fine. Um, but you know, they 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 needed the banner belt before before the Mississippi State game, I think, and they did they didn't get it. So yeah. um, so they'll bounce back. They were in that Mississippi State game too, so. You know, it wasn't just like they got completely embarrassed. Uh, don't want to overlook. No. Don't want to overlook Clemson and the ACC, and you know, Notre Dame's in there now. Clemson is basically what they've been. They're at the top of the polls right now. They're they're going to probably be tested a little more this year than in years past. But you know, we, we expect them to kind of ride steady and, and be in the mix late. Uh, the teams I wanted to talk to Sully you about are your other SEC teams. I mean, you mentioned Georgia, but Georgia and Florida three and four. I'm kind of surprised Georgia's ahead of Florida to be honest in both the polls because I know you hate to hear it with both these teams, but Florida looks pretty damn good with Trask at QB. Yes, they've got weapons on offense. Mullins' offense from Mississippi State finally, after however many years it's been, three years, two three years, looks like. He's got his offense implemented at Florida with better players to, to play the position. So Florida looks scary, and uh, I would have them third right now. I know we're nitpicking. This is all going to sort itself out, but it's a good time to right. be a Gator fan right now. 100%. I, I, I'm with you. I like I like Florida more at this point. Um, I think the reason voters are, are putting Georgia ahead is they, they have less weaknesses. And I think Florida really has shown a little bit of a hole with the run defense. Uh, South Carolina drove down the, the length of the field a couple yeah. of times on him, but they, that's something they they have the talent. They could they could work that out by the season's end. You know, I'm not yeah. too worried about it. And they and their defense doesn't have they, they just have to be okay with that offense with Kyle Pitts. He's my Heisman favorite right now. Six touchdowns. I love that guy. Impossible to to cover uh, on the outside. Kadarius Tony's nasty. He he ran through six guys on one play on his like 56 yard touchdown on Saturday against South Carolina too. Um, yeah, it's from Kyle Trask. I think he's a, clearly a better quarterback than, than the law firm at Georgia. Um, their offensive line, Georgia's better at offensive line. I think they might be better at, at uh, tailback, but I think Florida's got got them got them in the rest at the at the key spots. So well, uh, I, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that battle. That's gonna be so fun. But what, less weaknesses. I think Tennessee's gonna expose. Yeah, expose Georgia a little bit. Less weaknesses, but one weakness in particular for Georgia, and that's the quarterback position right now. One where you don't want to see it, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens with JT Daniels if he gets in there and can study the position and you know get going and, and really just kind of make plays there. Tough test for sure because we mentioned the shorter schedule at conference play. It's going to make things very interesting from the gate. And then the last thing before we get into some picks this week, Sully, just how sad the Big Twelve is. Where Oklahoma State is the only undefeated team left. Oklahoma loses back-to-back games for the first time in over 20 years. Texas, for sure not back. And uh, on deck, we have the saddest edition of the Red River Shootout ever. Yeah, uh, there's going to be 5,000 penalty yards in this game. Uh, Seriously, that Texas-TCU game might have set the record. It felt like it. It probably didn't, but it was close. It was close. 26 penalties, I think, in that game. 
Oh, you didn't look exactly like a, a, a clearly didn't look like a shining uh, example of, of clean football against uh, Iowa State either. But I think where you have a Texas team that was just sloppy and has no identity, uh, I think OU definitely does. I think they, you know, um, Spencer Rattler was a stud, and, and at times he's just so young that that he's inconsistent. And I, I, I like OU in this game if, if we want to flip at the picks. I, I think I think Texas is a as a Really a dumpster fire, and they're going to show it on Saturday. I think OU has had trouble with K-State and Iowa State specifically in the past, and they just happened to draw them one-two out the gates. And Those are two really well-coached teams. Texas, not as much. No, and Texas should have lost that Tech game. That was ridiculous how they won that. Uh, I just, I'm not really sold on Spencer, you know, and, and that's why I'm not, I'm not, we're not touching this game. I'm making that call yeah. for vetting. I mean, I just don't think that. For sure. I feel like. I don't know if it's the if it's him not being acclimated to the offense or if it's just not going to get there if they're expecting too much from him. But his decision making in the clutch is two weeks in a row now. It's been subpar, and you know you wonder what what's he looking at? Is he ready for this yet? And, and I don't know. Um, but yeah, Texas totally not a well coached team. Lots of issues. If they had, didn't have Sam Ellinger, my goodness, because he basically does everything for this oh. offense. Um, yeah, they 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 wouldn't have beaten Texas Tech. You know, no. they wouldn't even made it to overtime against those guys. So, would you rather? Not good. So, my question right now, before we get into picks, just a side note: Is would you rather be forced to go a month without any college football in your life, or mm-hmm. you got to just watch every play of every Florida State game? I watch every play of every Florida State game. <laughs> okay. it, but it, you're a diehard. Am, am I allowed to have it? But, am, am, am I allowed to have? It on a, like a cell phone as like a second viewing while I'm watching. See, that's a game tough too. one. See, we'd have to. Yeah, I think it has to be on the main one. But you gotta have your. You can have your peripherals going. But you're a diehard, though. Uh, I make light of yeah. the situation that that is <laughs> dumpster fire. Yes. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Much. Oh man, I, I really do like Norval. I think he's a really good coach. But I don't know. Even he knew how bad how bare this cavern that. How bare the the cabinet cabinet is it? Covered all of it's bare. Covered <laughs> cabinet, all of it, whatever the the linen closet, the the entire house is empty. Everything's nothing is in this house. So nothing. Um, yeah. He's got a long way to go. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, even the squatters are like, there's nothing here. This place is empty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sean Sullivan. Dirty Mike and the boys. Not impressed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not a soup kitchen. Sean Sullivan. Uh, Money Mitch effect. We're going to make some picks now, uh, starting with the game that we both love the most this week. Florida A&M. I mean, we've stared at kind of what this line is um, and what it continues to be at. It's since moved a little bit from five and a half to where it opened mm-hmm. to about six and a half. But, Sully, I don't know. I mean, I, I know it's A&M at home. There really isn't the 12th man. I mean, there is a 12th man, but they haven't seen a great football team the last couple of games. Kellen Mond. No confidence, next to none in him, and we just hyped up the Gators for how good they are. I love Florida in this game. I love Florida. This is, I've this is probably a catch of death. This is probably my favorite bet of the year so far on the board. Mm. Their, their offense has been a thing of beauty. A and M could not stop Bama. Another beautiful offense whatsoever. And what what have we seen from Kellamond outside of a broken tackle? On a little swing route that that the that the A and M I can't remember who took it, but yeah, it was it was a bust on Bama's side. Outside of that, they really haven't done anything this season that really impresses you against Vanderbilt and Bama. So 
So, and we saw what LSU did to Vanderbilt's defense. It, it, you pause for a second and be like, ah, you know, is Vanderbilt okay? You know, sometimes they have a team though. They're terrible. They continue to be terrible. Uh, give me, give me Gators big. It's, whew, Kyle Pitts might have six touchdowns. Who knows? He, may, he very well might. Uh, Dub, double his total. We kind of touched on the uh, Red River shootout, Oklahoma minus two right about right now, one and a half, two with the mm-hmm. over-under looking at 72-ish. I expect it to go over because Texas is, and Oklahoma's D really can't stop anybody. Uh, I would go Oklahoma here, not really loving the confidence because I think both these teams are kind of broken. Oklahoma's out of the pole. Texas is hanging on at 22. But, yeah, I agree. I think Sooners in this one. Big money coming in uh, according to Action Network. 34% of the bets on Oklahoma with 84% of the money. So there's a lot of heavy money coming in on them. I, I, I got I got to agree. I, I just think they're the slightly cleaner football, play a slightly cleaner brain of football. Uh, and Tom Herman's 8-9 against ranked teams uh, at Texas. So. <laughs> so pathetic. I mean, that's insane. Not great, man. Oh, oh well. Uh, can I tell you one of my favorite bets early on Saturday? We we liked them last week. I still like them. I like NC State plus nine and a half against Virginia. The Wolf Virginia beat Pitt. Pretty good. I, know, I know Virginia's pretty good. I know they Straight hung up. against Clemson. Uh, but how about the how about the Moxie NC State show? Not only covering a two touchdown spread, but winning that game last week. They're a classic Jekyll and Hyde team, uh, <laughs> I think. You know, and we never know what you're going to get. But it's getting. Almost 10 points. You could also tease oh, that man. up to about 15 and a half. So mm. I would, fla- I would slap, I would slap that in a teaser, you know, could you, are you going to get the, are you going to get the, uh, the weight game NC state team? Or are you going to get the, you know, the, the pit game NC state team? So, yeah, that's true. Know. Uh, know. you know, they didn't quit. Yeah. You know, are they going to give it 400 yeah. quarter yards and, and, <laughs> The Virginia team that's, you know, okay. Uh, I know you um, learned, though. I know you learned, Sully, as a kid from, uh, you know, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall never to turn your back on a wolf pack. So, I don't that's know. True. I don't, that's true. Never that's, that's never fun. turn your back on a wolf pack. Uh, very boy, good. Very good. Very good ranked matchup early as well. Uh, Virginia Tech and North Carolina. North Carolina with Mac Brown. Yeah. Into the top ten. Looking pretty good. That's at about five and a half for North Carolina. Virginia Tech, I think, kind of more under the radar because there's other teams in their conference. But, you know, it, it hasn't been good for them recently. So to see them kind of bounce back as well, game being played at Chapel mm-hmm. Hill. Do you have a read on this one? Yeah, I, I think UNC's a paper tiger. Uh, you're your classic all-season hype team. Fuente established Virginia Tech. He is 2-9 uh, and nine against ranked opponents. Not that great, but... This isn't a number 18 in the country. I think they're a little bit closer to what Virginia Tech is. And and Virginia Tech has run the ball better than just about anybody in the country. Khalil Herbert's a, a nasty man with the ball in his hand. So, yeah, give me give me Virginia Tech. I think they, they could, they're going to cover. This game's been close the last few years, and, heck, they might even win straight up. The money line Virginia Tech play, not, not a bad one. Not a bad one, and that by my estimate, you're looking at about plus one sixty-five ish. If you like the Hokies straight up, why not? I mean, we mm-hmm. even saw North Carolina last year. They went on a little bit of that win streak. They were playing tough, and then they kind of just you know crest a little bit. So. They sputtered. That, that should yeah. Be Sam Hell's a great quarterback, but he hasn't shown it this year. You know, he's he's he looked okay last week. Sure, they didn't play for a few weeks. They they had they had that due to cancellations. They had a little bit of a break, but. It's BC. BC's not that good. 
Oh, give me the Hokies. Like I'm, I'm sick of hearing about the Tar Heels, honestly. <laughs> Basketball school. Oh, uh, let's be honest. No. Yeah. Uh, realistically, I like to play this game sometimes too. What would the line have been if things have gone differently last week? There's always one matchup where you're like, wow, the fact that I'm looking at this line means that you know there were some impacts in the games last week. Auburn, Arkansas is that for me this week. It's 14 yeah. points. Auburn at home versus Arkansas. You got to think if if Auburn even if Auburn could have done anything on offense against Georgia, even losing that game, and Arkansas wouldn't have pulled off the upset. We're in the we're in the mid 20s probably in this line, but as it stands, Auburn right. Tigers only 14 point favorites against Arkansas. I don't I don't know. I, I just you know part of me thinks it should be easy, but then I said the offense could they cover 14 points against the high school up the street? I don't know. Oh man, I have no idea. You know, like it's Arkansas. And what was the Auburn? Everybody got the it. Everybody got Give me it. the hogs. Everybody got excited about hogs. Auburn I think, beating. I think this Auburn. Who? Beating Kentucky, who's paper as well. <laughs> and I know I you think, I think this Auburn team's bad. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I own that one. I, I definitely own Kentucky's not the Kentucky we thought it was going to be. Uh, and I think Auburn, I think Auburn's just bad. I think they're bad. I think Arkansas has a little bit of a, a chip on them. And I don't see them coming down to earth this week. I think it's that, that line. I wouldn't touch it because I think if the line is perfect, I think they a ten point loss maybe. Yeah, give me the hogs. Screw it. I kind of like Arkansas too, you know. And then uh, it's interesting. Um, they're another team that we thought were just in, in perpetual purgatory, but they looked kind of good last week. And Auburn. I mean, you talk about an offense doing nothing. Watch that game film. I mean, what, what, just watch Auburn every time think, they had the ball against Georgia last week. It wasn't. They couldn't right. sniff anything. Where where I think uh, I might be regretting this pick is Georgia's defense is the best in the country, and they shut down Auburn. Auburn really is not that bad on offense. Kentucky's defense is pretty good, too. They come out and just light Arkansas up. I just don't see that happening. Well, you guys um, got a 30-minute head start in your game, so you could 30 minutes in be like, oh, man, I made a mistake because Georgia's defense is just absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. You know, they yeah. are disgusting. Yeah. They so. are disgusting, regardless of what happens in the Arkansas-Auburn game. They are nasty. All right, Georgia and the Vols. This is the first, I don't want to say real test, but the first true test to, all right, you're ranked, you've got. You've beaten the teams you should, now it's, it's time to play with the big boys. So it's the first real test for the Vols in their mm-hmm. long win streak. As it stands right now, you know, we've seen that line move slightly, but not much. Uh, Sully, right. about 14, you know, 12 to 14 points, wherever you can get it. How do you feel about your Vols to perform against Georgia? So uh, I, I think they cover. I, I think this 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 is going to be a sloppy game. Uh, it's ninety percent rain coming in with from a, the remnants of the hurricane this weekend. Both teams are wanting to pound the rock, and it, that's that's what we're going to get. We're going to get a a low scoring, close touchdown two game at the end. The key with with Tennessee, I think, is going to be their defensive line is. Uh, not deep, uh, but they they have shown flashes so far this year, and and they're going to have to get a little penetration against this Georgia Georgia front. That, that's really good too. I don't think they're as good as an offensive line as Tennessee's, but they're right there with them. And um, you know you got you got White back there for Georgia. That is a just a, a classic ginormous, fast, nasty running back that Georgia seems to have every year. And yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think Tennessee will will be able to move the ball. Beyond the flip side, Garantano's 
hasn't turned the ball over yet. I'm not going to what as I say it, but uh, Tennessee's one of two teams in the country that it, it, it has played over two games and does not have a turnover, and it's, they're going to play clean, clean football and keep this game close. I agree. I, I like you guys to cover, not win. Unfortunately, I think Georgia at home will yeah. win this game relying on their defense, and I have too many question marks with their offense to, to really have confidence of them covering against a team that's you know mid-level ranked like you guys are in top 15 team. I mean, I think it's going to be tough for Georgia to really put up points to, to cover these spreads here. But, um, no, I've been, I've been impressed with what I've seen as well, especially because in that South Carolina game, it wasn't easy out the gate. They got punched in the mouth and had to kind of come back. So uh, I hope for your case, Sully, that the Vols haven't really been reading the press clippings and, and feeling too high going into this game. They got their you know their hard hats on and they're ready to go to work because it's going to be physical and nasty. I uh, say Georgia by about 10. This seems like 27-17-ish in that range. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And if not even, even lower, you know, I'm thinking 21-14 type of game where it's just going to be a, a grounded pound. Nasty classic SEC East battle, uh, and then and I, I think one last note with Tennessee. I think they're they're finally taking on their the the attitude of the coach. I think it, it shows with uh, the will to run and try to just oppose your will on your opponent. And this is the first immovable object I would see that it's coming up against. I hate the the, the term "prove it" game, but this one and then the next one that we're we're talking about is. Yeah, well, man, it's it's fun, to, isn't it? Fun to have them back in the in the discussion for some meaningful games here. It's kind of nice, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's so good. It, 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 you go and get blown out. It's gonna be twenty sixteen all over again, and I, I just hope hope it's a close game at the very least. Can you believe, Sully? As we keep moving on here on the Money Mitch effect, Clemson Miami is a fourteen point line. And could you also believe I kind of like Clemson to cover that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just we've I, seen I this story that. before, like, and I'm not I'm not calling out the ACC as a conference, but we do this every year where a team goes on a winning streak. We kind of talked about it with North Carolina earlier. Oh, are this, is this the team that's going to challenge Clemson? Most likely, the answer is no. Yeah, we've heard about Miami defense being really really good this year, and they are. They do have a lot of talent, and Clemson Clemson's offensive line doesn't have a whole lot of. Uh, experience but they're you know they're 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 putting it together game by game i think they'll be able to do enough to to stop that front seven for miami and and uva also had a really good front seven or relatively good front seven last week and clemson put up 466 yards on them so i'm I'm not too worried about uh the the quote-unquote holes that clemson has with their uh, secondary and their offensive line um i think that they're going to be okay you know you just got to Feed, feed at the end of the ball. Uh, Mari Rogers is looking more and more like a first-round wide receiver by the day. Kids putting up a lot of r- really good uh, highlight, highlight reel type of catches. And, yeah, the same old Clemson, same old Miami. Until we see otherwise, that's one of those games. That's a prove it until you prove me wrong type of a game, uh, at least for us. A couple more things yeah. before we wrap this up. Um, one quick question for you, Sully. Are you buying BYU this year? There's a lot of hype around this team. Uh, and the Pete Pete Thamel on the on the Yahoo College Sports podcast loves to hype up Zach Wilson. I'm with him. I really do like Zach Wilson. Um, he's he's a stud. They really haven't played anybody, and they're not going to play anybody. They're probably going to run the table, you know. Except Boise, they got a Boise date. Uh, other than that, no. I, I would love to see him to make it though. Out of any year, I want a Cincinnati or a BYU or somebody to make it in that four spot and get to play Clemson or an Alabama or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And, 
It'll well, get we'll ugly. See. Yeah, and then it'll get ugly. Yeah. Well, we another thing we've seen time and time again, right? <laughs> Let's see what happens yeah. when you play the big boys. Oh, well, it's not David versus Goliath. It's, there's only one example of that. And another thing, too, before we before we wrap up with some rapid-fire picks that we like, uh, first half lines won't come out for a while. Bama Ole Miss, Lane Train coming back, playing Alabama, hosting them, though not going back to Tuscaloosa. But the line's at 23, so I would I would guess that that first half line's going to be around 17 to 19 points. Is that too much, or yeah. are you powering through? No. Power through? No. Ole Miss's uh, defense I, is not good. I don't think we're breaking any news no, to people that watch. They are terrible. <laughs> they are so we're, so we're saying like one stop maybe in the first half for Ole Miss's defense. <laughs> right. And the Ole Miss is going to have to turn turn Bama over to stop, essentially. And, you know, I, I think Bama's defense is pretty good. And people are hyping up a little. Yes, Kiffin's bringing a lot of a lot of moxie and swagger to that offense on at Ole Miss, but uh, they... He's no, bringing a lot of a lot don't. of things. <laughs> yes, 100%. Joey... Joey Freshwater in Oxford, match made in heaven. I love that he's back. I love the T-shirts that he's wearing. I love everything about Kiffin and the SEC. Just not yet. Not yeah. yet. It looks like he yeah, went on supersize me. <laughs> just It kind of does. I, I think a lot of those pictures have been just from unflattering angles. True. We know, you know the camera puts yeah, 10 pounds. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, he's definitely eating some southern food. He's eating good in the neighborhood. Uh, all right, Sully. Let's go with just some rapid fire. Who do we? What other bets do we like? Um, I can kind of get the ball rolling for one that I uh, I wanted to mention. I like Notre Dame to cover that giant twenty and a half point spread because I think Florida State is terrible, and uh, we were just ragging yep. on them. So I'm I'm big on Notre Dame to win by a lot. Yeah, love that pick. I think Florida State's the worst. It's not one of it's not the worst teams in the conference. Notre Dame. You know, up there with Clemson and Miami. So, uh, give me, give me the Irish. Uh, let's see. I'll give you one. Mm-hmm. Um, give me Mississippi State against oh, Kentucky. Oh, I'm glad you said that. So happy you said that because I am all on board. Kick. They're getting two points. Yeah, I, I don't. I just think Kentucky's bad. Uh, I'm now spite picking against them after I hyped them up this offseason. So. Well, and there's also, there's also a late, the latest game kickoff. We're still waiting on the time with the Mizzou-LSU game and what's going to happen there, the location, how that's going to look. Looks like it's going to be you know nine or 8 o'clock central time kickoff, something like that. Over-under in that one is 53.5. I like the over. I think you know, Mizzou can't stop anybody. We saw that. I, I, think, I think there's going to be a lot of points in that game, and most of them by LSU. Yes. I, I do like it more than I think about it because um, Mizzou switched quarterbacks. Robinson wasn't very good. Uh, their backup comes in and puts up a bunch of points, and he's he's got the start this week. So uh, yeah, I, I do I do like that. I do like that pick. If you want to get started on Thursday night, got our old friend seven point favorite at home against Tulane. That was a really weird game last year. Just throwing that out there. The Green Wave, uh, you know, they're always good for an exciting football game during the week. So. I think that could be the one to get the ball going on this exciting weekend of football. Houston hasn't played. You know, we really don't know what they are. Tulane's okay. I'm going to stay far away from that game. But, yeah, yeah, Holgerson, Holgerson uh, finally getting it rolling over there. They've had, like, 14 season opening games canceled so far. So, good luck. Hopefully they get this one out. Hope, hope so. Hope so. Well, Sully, this was fun. Uh, and, and shout out to your New Jersey Devils for having a nice, you know, solid night in the draft. Yeah, I got, uh, 
got the wingers first couple picks enjoy that and then have have like the, the alphabet soup for the defenseman at 23 first round picks let's see what happens i'm just happy it wasn't the goalie at seven so uh even though he was drawing broder marty broder uh comparisons on the broadcast I'd, we've heard that a few times over the years there's only one marty broder well obviously we have heard that quite a bit uh columbus didn't really have uh you know a high pick with the playoff success they got max domi in a trade so son of ty on the team there uh and of course both of us be having teams in the metro division had to watch alex lafreniere generational talent yeah. gonna be amazing uh go to the rangers so rangers look like that next wagon unfortunately which is gonna be tough to watch especially for you rooting for the devils those are not great that, that division is nasty it's it's going to be a long time before the Devils are good again. Uh, you know, I'm just might as well accept it. <laughs> Tennessee still in the middle of a, re- a decade-long rebuild. Might as well keep another one going. You got, you know, your teams, now that I think about it, because, you know, you root for, you know, a wide variety of teams across the uh, these great yeah. United States. They're, like, all in different right. stages of success to rebuild to just utter disaster. I shouldn't say utter disaster, but... You know, you got the Seahawks oh, looking it, like a front runner for the enough. Super Bowl. You got Tennessee looking promising. The Spurs are kind of on the yep. way down, looking uh, looking at a rebuild, which is probably the worst place to look at. The Devils are at the bottom, yeah. looking up, trying to climb out of the basement. So it's like a, it's like yeah. a conveyor belt for you. It's a little bit of a conveyor belt, yeah. And uh, I, I am very glad I, I have the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson cooking. My goodness, that is so fun to watch. Let them cook. You got to have at least. One dominant team uh, in, your, in your life or else uh, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. So. Ooh, hey, we're 3-1, and one, baby. Let's go. We're scoring <laughs> this year. We are scoring yeah, this year. Alright, John terrible. Sullivan, pleasure. OBJ, he's back. Browns are back. We're I'm, back. I'm take it back. I'm going to take We're back. The owner is far away, far away from football decisions. Uh, Sully, fun times. Hope to catch up with you later. Thanks for joining the Money Mitch Effect. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good, sir. Huge thanks again to both Chris Miller and Sean Sullivan for coming on today's show. Also want to point out that it was made official since we recorded. LSU Mizzou is going to be played at Mizzou. So uh, thoughts and prayers with everybody dealing with the hurricane down south, among other things. Hope you're staying safe and and doing well. MLB playoffs ramping up. Those freaking Astros are up 2-0 in the AL divisional round. They, They beat the Twins and then they go forward and are up 2-0 on the uh, Oakland Athletics. So, unfortunately for us and for everybody who roots against the Astros, they are doing well. Yankees and the Rays are tied 1-1. Dodgers took game one over the Padres. And uh, we also saw the Braves. And Marlins getting a little testy. Acuna, they, they like throwing at him after he hit home runs. I don't, I don't know about that. But Marlins and Braves. Braves up 1-0 at the time of this as well. More baseball to talk about next week as, lo- as well as more football. And a reminder that you can catch every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Leave a rating, a review, and subscribe there. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. And follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. Also got to recap the French Open next week. We're looking like it's going to be Nadal and Djokovic on the men's side. No surprise there. The women, it's going to be Sofia Kennan and Petra Kvitova in the semifinals, along with two players that are qualified, that are two unseated players on the other side. So we're going to have a first-time major finalist, maybe a first-time major champion. A lot to break down in the world of tennis, too. I am Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening, and keep enjoying sports.